Hi, I'm Nitan. And I'm Adam. And this is The Final Curtain, a mini-series from stories from the East and West featuring personal tales from the Eastern Bloc's collapse. This is the second part of our two-parter about the city and mine of Petrila. If you haven't listened to part one, you should probably go back and do that. It'll help you understand this one much better. In this second episode of our Petrila Tales, Jon Barbu tells us what happened in the mine after the fall of communism and how he has been trying to preserve the town's heritage ever since. Coming up on The Final Curtain. Dramatic eyewitness accounts of fighting in Bucharest. Police had forcefully beaten demonstrators in East Berlin. Thousands of Czechoslovaks shaking their house keys. The protest movement is now too big to be controlled. Good evening. It is over in Poland. Iron curtain across Europe, torn down. In fundemunt, noi când intram, cu bun noroc ne salutăm. And I'm sorry, that's all I know. What a good boy, yes. Povestesc o întâmplare care este definitorie și pentru mine și pentru... I will tell a story that defines both me and Petrila. Before 89, I struggled a lot, but I managed to open the first art gallery in Petrila on the ground floor of a low-rise apartment block. It was an elegant gallery. After the revolution, the first one to fall under capitalism's assault was the art gallery. It was closed down by four individuals who associated and specialized in selling toilet paper. Petrila's first billionaires sold toilet paper. That was a product that wasn't really available before 89, and the population was forced to wipe their asses with the local press. After the revolution, these guys made a fortune. I remember very well how people would walk down the street with rolls of toilet paper hung over their chest, very proud of the trophies they had captured. That's the essence of it. As for the coal mine, it wasn't profitable and had to be subsidized for a long time. The disastrous situation in mining was mainly the fault of the locals in charge here. They had managed the system very badly, and many of them were set on money-making, which meant to steal as much as you can steal from state enterprises. And in fact, I think this was the general attitude that befell Romania's economy. My opinion is that firstly the mine undermined itself from inside, and it was only later that the external factors started adding up. My name is Cinusha Catalin. I used to be a miner here at the Petrila mine. I worked it 25 years and after it was closed, I did another two years at the Lonia 2 mine. That means 27 years underground. For 15 years, I worked as a rescuer in Petrila, working both as a miner and as a rescuer. <laughs> My lungs make a heavy sound. 
It's because of the mine. This device you see here, it's a cartridge of sodium hydroxide. I wore it for eight hours a day. Everything ran on a closed circuit. The device would get as hot as 90 degrees, and it was resting over my lungs. I used this device for 15 years. It was a job where you assume many risks, doing your duty as both a rescuer and as a miner. Just wearing this device didn't mean that it had made you a superhuman. It could only protect you from smoke and other gases. But if there was an explosion or a higher concentration of gases, you were as exposed as anyone else underground. Basically, underground, we became a second family. That's where we shared everything. That's where we talked about our thoughts. Going underground, everyone left their troubles at home and closed the door. So we formed a collective, a family. We progressed together. From unqualified men, we became future miners, rescuers, team leaders. Each one according to the skills they acquired underground. Even though it was hard, it was beautiful at the same time, because we were a united community. It's beyond comparison. It compares to nothing and no one. There's a quote from Ion de Sirbu, written at the entrance of Petrila. No one and nothing compares to a town like Petrila. No one and nothing compares to working in the mine, underground and overground, no matter the situation. My name means ash in Romanian. Everyone said my name was fate. I only perceived it as special after the mine was closed, because I took part in the closing of the mine. From my perspective, I would have wanted the mine to never close, and my name to have nothing to do with the end of mining. It's simple, politics. The mine had enough coal for another 50 or 100 years. After the accident in 2008, in which 13 miners and rescuers died underground, Everyone wanted the Petrila mine to be closed, even though it was the oldest mine. The closing of the mine was terrible. People had nowhere they could work. Firstly, the whole place had over 4,500 employees. It fed the entire city. They all earned their bread here. First, there was the mine and then the city. Basically, the city started out as a mining colony. After the mine closed, the city was left deserted.
după ce am ieșit la pensie din zilnic. Since I retired, I've been coming here daily to maintain this place. Nobody contributes with money, the local government nor the state, absolutely no one. We do everything voluntarily, with miners, ex-miners, people I convinced, with difficulty, that every day there should be at least two or three people here to do a bit of work. In 2015 it was a ruin, so I thought to myself, if the mine has given me everything, now it's my turn to give the mine back what it gave me. If we hired someone, I don't think they could do it from the heart. I'll just do it myself up until the end. Ion Barbu is everything to the city. That really says it all. We're opening another museum here, an exhibition of helmets. It's opening in Deva, today at 6 o'clock. We found the helmets down the Petrila mine. Ion Barbu, with his ideas and with artists from all over the country and even from other parts of Europe, they painted them, gave them new colors and created a helmet museum. Noi aici ne găsim la Deva, la galeriile de artă Forma, unde a avut loc We are now here in Deva, at the Forma Gallery, where the exhibition Order of the Colored Helmets is taking place. I've answered your question just like in school. It seems at first sight that it's about minors, but I think it is first and foremost about Romania. Generally, the miners were perceived as rams that charge into whatever they were ordered to. Proof of this is the Mineriade, the period when the miners were called upon to butt their heads, and not just their heads, with the opposition. Seeing that a more optimistic message is necessary, I've added pom-poms to these horns. I went for something humorous, and it transformed from being about rams into something about clowns. That's why it's also colored like this. This one has the traditional miner's greeting of good luck written on it, and it has a backgammon board painted on it, where rolling two sixes is the best luck you can get. It's very strange what the process of closing a mine means, or should mean, as written on paper. First, the materials from the underground are recovered. Then the tunnels are shut with barriers and the entryways are filled. The shafts are capped with material. After they finish underground, they start on the surface and they turn down absolutely everything. And they plant grass on top.
Deci asta mi se pare una dintre cele mai criminale. This seems criminal to me. I mean, erasing any trace of evidence that once upon a time mining was practiced here and that it was a relatively blooming industry. What I see in this, when you tear everything down, is an effort to erase all traces of theft. We've had several performances and events here, but the nicest one, like something out of a film by Kusturica, was the symbolic burial of the last pieces of coal from the Petrila mine. Just like in the Holy Scriptures, no? From dust you came, and to dust you shall return. I have to admit that I did start this process, but in this effort to save the surface of the Petrila mine, I received help from an association of architects that were spearheading a whole rescue project. Seven historic Petrila mine buildings were saved. They are important from the point of view of industrial architecture. Today we can say that 75% of the former buildings of the Petrila mine are still standing. They are standing, but obviously they need speedy consolidation work and a lot of money to transform them into what we are actually planning, into cultural buildings. Unfortunately, or fortunately, fortunately, Petrila is the only place in the Jew Valley where the mine surface could be saved. And in time, it will be the only place that will remind us that all around here, once, people mined coal. Without this civic action to save the Petrila mine, the mayor's sheep would probably be grazing right now on the mine's grounds. Coal is a finite source, and, as it turns out, it's almost finished, and that's probably why the Petrila mine was closed. But there is something that never ends, and that's spirituality. I continue to think that the Petrila mine can go on producing, it can go on with a production line of culture, and it would be a pity to waste the sympathy capital that surrounds the mine now. If we double the sympathy capital with adequate financial capital, things can head towards normality, towards prosperity. I started with the Ion de Serbu Memorial House. He was the most moral writer Romania has ever had. And Monica Lovinescu said very beautifully about him that through the reading of Serbu's works, the act of reassembling the Romanian people can begin. But the sad reality of Petrila is that there is no bookstore left people basically have no place left to get a book. So I came up with a concept. After the reading book, the next stage is the reading house. From the reading house, we could move on to a reading city. You could go into the city, cross it by foot and exit it smarter than when you entered. Usually it's the other way around. The second museum I opened was the mother's museum. My mother was the one who gave me my backbone. And for this, she deserves a museum. 
merita un muzeu. Uh, al treilea muzeu the third museum is the Romanian Plumbers Museum. Muzeul instalatorului român. Domnele, la control, haideți. We'll go all the way into the back, where I'll give you some preliminary explanations. I don't need to say much. It's a funny museum. You will laugh. I just want to point you in the right direction. Come on, follow me. We can start, yes? Firstly, as is practiced in Romania, we'll start with praise. The Plumbers Museum is the first and only humor museum in Romania. You should be proud of having it here in your town. At the same time, the fact that it uses artistic installation as a means of expression, three-dimensional humor, also makes it unique in Europe. It's a conceptual museum. Everything started with my love for the great surrealist artist. Some say, I say, he was a great caricaturist, René Magritte. You know that painting, the painting where he painted a pipe and wrote under it, this is not a pipe, wanting to say probably, this is one of the interpretations, that things are not what they seem at first glance. I wanted to continue this. This is not a pipe. This is not a painting. This is not a wall. That's what's written here. And outside it's written that this is not a museum. And the thing can keep going. Like at the entrance to Petrosciani, the mayor could write, this is not a town. Because it's not really much of a town, right? Or at the entrances to the country, this is not a country. Because is it a country? Not much. That's why people keep leaving it. Finally in Brussels, the birthplace of Magritte. This is not the European Union, no? Look, some people think it stinks and others want to leave it. Now I'll mention just one more thing. Today is the night of museums. This museum is a private initiative. I live from the Lord's mercy and the ladies who visit me. <laughs> if you'd like to leave something, there's a thousand lei donation box at the entrance. If not, I won't be upset either. The next museum to be opened was the Museum of the Rescue Miner at the Petrila Mine, to which I admit my contribution has been smaller. In the future I'm planning the Poetry Museum in Iași, the Colored Helmets Museum at the Petrila Mine, the Pigs Museum, I don't know where, but I have to find a city willing to host it. And who knows, next year when you ask me, I'll tell you three more. Yes. So we've reached the end of this interview. With much pleasure, I recall and note a connection between this interview and 
the interviews I had to give to the Securitate. With just one difference, the look Monica is giving me is more refined than the one the secret policeman gave me. This episode of The Final Curtain was produced for Culture PL and hosted by Nitzan Reisner and me, Adam Jorowski. If you want to learn more about the story you just heard, see the show notes in your podcast app or go to the Stories from the Eastern West website at sftew.com. Remember to check our feed next week for more of The Final Curtain. You'll get to know a woman who conducted a choir of 10,000 children and, together with hundreds of thousands of Estonians, sang their country into independence from the Soviet Union. Hear you next week.